Hi, you're listening to the podcast of Victory Santa Rosa. We pray that this message encourages you on your journey of faith in Jesus. We're continuing our series, Walk the Talk. We're on our fifth week, panglimang linggo na po. So if you have your Bible, open it. Psalm 119. Verses 153 to 160. Let me all invite everybody to stand. Thank you so much. And this is in a reading of God's Word. Again, Psalm 159. uh, Sorry, Psalm 119, verses 153 to 160. If you don't have your Bible, you can look here on the screen. Or maybe with the person standing right next to you, you can also read from there if that's okay. Verse 153, let me read. Look on my affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget your law. Plead my cause and redeem me. Give me life according to your promise. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek your statutes. Great is your mercy, O Lord. Give me life according to your rules. Many are my persecutors and my adversaries, but I do not swerve from your testimonies. I look, at the faith, I look at the faithless with disgust because they do not keep your commands. Consider how I love your precepts. Give me life according to your steadfast love. The sum of your word is truth and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. That's the word of the Lord. Let's all pray. Lord, I thank you for, again, just today, this moment, Lord, that we can hear your word. Lord, I pray as I preach, it will be your words and not mine. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will be the one to illuminate your word into the heart of the people that will be receiving your word. Lord, I pray that whatever was, will be spoken today, Lord, the enemy will not be able to snatch it away. In fact, Lord, it will be a seed that we planted, Lord, into the hearts of your people. And Lord, your word promises, Lord God, that it is your work and it is your strength and might and you're the one who will make things grow. Thank you, Jesus, for this time. In your name we pray and everyone will say, Amen. You can all be seated. Maraming, maraming, maraming salamat po. If there's a title again or a recap or a preview of what we'll be talking about today, um, just two uh, phrases or sentences, if you will. Remember His word. Rely upon the Lord. Again, remember His word. Rely upon the Lord. And if you will notice, for the past weeks, we've been talking about life, Christian life. And papilagkosahan po natin yung buhay. Whether you're in, I mean, if you, whether you have a relationship with God or maybe you're on your way having a relationship with God. And again, in general, that is life. The Word of God has not just something to say about it, but the, from last week, the Word of God is the absolute truth. It's a final authority. And we've talked about that last week. So pag pinag-usama po natin yung buhay, malaki po yung kinalaman ng salita ng Panginoon sa ating buhay. And if you will, if I could represent like a visual image about life, there's so many images, there's so many things that we can actually use. But there's one picture, if you may, that I can use. And that is two pictures. A picture of a mountaintop and a picture of a deep, dark, Valley. And narinig natin to, maybe you have read about that, maybe you have heard about that. 
diba, a mountaintop experience or maybe you're like you can you can relate or you can describe that it seems your season right now is you're walking in a deep dark valley when we talk about faith there, there are two kinds of faith if you will at least for me to illustrate and that is a mountain moving faith right in the name of Jesus then then yes you can command that sickness to go is that a magic chant that we shout and then there will be like um, some results that is beyond amazing yes that can happen but this is not a magic formula when we say in Jesus' name, it means that we are appropriating, we're demonstrating the power of Jesus by faith, right? And Jesus says, you can say to this mountain, move and it will move. And we can describe that like a mountain moving faith. Like Fiona was um, mentioning this a while ago, it's not a question of how small or big your faith is, but that faith that has actually the power in Jesus' name to move that mountain. And maybe some or maybe most of you have experienced that already. You prayed for something and then suddenly you, you have experienced the Lord answering your prayer. You have experienced a miracle when it comes to your healing. You have experienced a miracle God providing for you. You have experienced a miracle that God is fixing that relationship. You experience that miracle when it comes to your business deals, getting a work, employment and all. And you can say, Lord, thank you. And again, and by faith, in Jesus' name, for God's glory and honor. And we can say it as a God or as a mountain moving faith. But there's also the kind of faith that maybe the mountain will not move. Maybe the, you have to climb that mountain, right? God is not removing that problem. God is not removing that issue, that struggle. But God is with you, journeying with you as you from that valley climbing up that mountain. It's exactly what happened to Abraham. When Abraham was asked by God to sacrifice his son at the mountain of the Lord, and then he had to climb that mountain, God did not change the circumstance. God did not change the situation. But in fact, God, Abraham climbed up on that mountain and then on the mountain of the Lord, it was provided. The ram that was used for sacrifice instead of Isaac. And we can say that, Lord, that was like a mountain climbing faith. Could either be, you have either both. What I'm saying is, that's, that's how maybe in Christian life in general, Right? Your season in life, mountaintop experience, or walking in your deep, darkest valley. There will be ups, there will be downs. There will be some days that are bright. There will be some days that it seems dark. There are days that everything, are well, everything is well when it comes to your health, finances, marriage, relationships, and everything is well. But sometimes there will be a season that, like, you book book from left and right, trials here. Then you'll receive a phone call and other bad news. There will be some tragic or tragedy happening here. Then it will be followed by another one. And Lord, parang ko kailang between you and God, Lord, bug-bug na ako. Wala na akong lakas. And maybe you can describe that, Lord, this is not a mountaintop experience for me. It seems like I'm walking in a deep, dark valley. It's disrupting. It's discouraging. A lot of disappointments. A lot of doubts and all, and you can say that's your value. And maybe some of you, maybe most of you here, you can relate to that. For the past two years, pandemic, now post-pandemic, and you can say, Lord, I could not say that. Yes, there are some things that are well, but I could, not, I could not say that I'm walking in this mountain or on this mountain. But in fact, Lord, parang ako nasa valley. Parang ang, ang dilem, parang ang lalim masyado. It's blurry. It's discouraging. 
is foggy and all. And yet, Lord, the question is, Lord, are you even with me while I walk in this dark valley? So, the question is, what to do when seemingly you are in your season of walking in your dark valley? What can we ask? What does what the solution does the Bible offer when it comes into that season I'm just referring to a while ago? Walking in that deep, dark valley. And we have to go back once again. Remember his word. Rely upon the Lord. Is either you're walking on your mountaintop and you're enjoying that mountaintop view and you can say that it is a mountaintop experience, still the same truth, still the same imperative. Remember His Word, rely upon the Lord. It is God who gave us the ability to produce wealth. It is God who authors all the blessings. It is God who ordained everything. It was God's mighty hand that let us experience that miracle. It was God's mighty hand that guided us through in that journey. Even on your mountaintop experience, again, remember His Word. Rely upon the Lord. And as we walk through that deep, dark valley, still the same thing. Remember the Lord. Remember His Word to rely upon the Lord. And again, going back to Psalm 119, 153 to verse 160. And this a poem to Lasha. And from the composition of that, looking at those verses, we can already see the theme of the psalmist's poem. Ano ba talaga yung message niya? Ano ba talaga yung tema niya? What is the theme? And we can say that it's give me life. And we can say that and we can conclude because of its repetition to give us life, to give me life. And that is in verses 154, 156, 158. Let me go ahead and read all of those. Plead my cause and redeem me. And what's that? Give me life according to your promise. In verse 156, Great is your mercy, O Lord. Give me life according to your rules. 159, consider how I love where am I? <laughs> Consider how I love your precepts. Give me life according to your steadfast love. Again, that theme of this psalmist, Lord, to give me life. That's why I could say to rely upon the Lord. Why? Because he was referring to life. If someone is referring to life and over and over again, Lord, give me life, give me life. So the message is pretty clear. Then when it comes to life, there's only one area, one solution that the word offer or offers. What's that? That is the word of God himself or himself, however you want to place it. Life. So what is the meaning of life? What is this word life? In the Old Testament, when you say life, it means the presence of God is with you. When someone asks, Lord, give me life, it means, Lord, give me your presence. Because it's pretty clear because, again, because, in the Old Testament, we, they don't have something like this. They don't have like they can worship and all. They need a high priest, priest, and in that high priest, they have to atone for the sins of the of the people. Pag misabit pa yung high priest, pwede siyang mamatay when he go when he goes to the holies of holies. 
And now, the psalm is asking, Lord, give me life because life is only possible whenever the presence of God is affirmed and confirmed, of course, with that person's life. And not just that, when you say life, it means it's being filled and infused by God's amazing presence. In short, ano po ba yung laman ng buhay natin? Ano po ba yung, what's filling you today? What's like, what are you storing? What's surrounding you? What's, what's your, like feeding, your input? Ano po ba yung pumapasok? And, and now, and, and it's obvious to say, now that we have so many influences, there's a lot of things that could actually fill us, that could actually fill you. But if we're saying, just like how the psalmist mentioned, his prayer, his request, Lord, give me life. So it means that he's asking God to fill him. That's infusion of God's amazing presence. Of course, in the New Testament, John mentioned this in his gospel. The thief, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And again, this is a message of God's full presence that brings joy. This speaks of God's grace abounding in, in your life, in your family. That it means when you say that life to the full is not being blessed. I mean, nothing wrong with these things that I'm going to mention. That you're being blessed financially or having a, a prosperous life or physical or financial prosperity. I'm not saying those are bad, but that is not what the, the author or John is referring to when he mentioned life to the full. It means now you're saying that you're full of God's presence. So whenever you go back to your school, whenever you go back to your university, whenever you go back to your workplaces, whenever you do your business transaction, whenever you, what, you relate to other people, when you spend time with people around you, people can tell and people can attest, wow, there's something different to that person. There's something actually unique sa taong to. Anong meron? Bakit sa dami ng nangyayari, sa dami ng problema, sa dami ng nang Pagbabago, pero yung taong to sobrang stable. Anong meron sa taong yun? Despite all the temptation, despite lahat ng pwedeng compromises, lahat in-offer na, pero hindi niya tinatanggap yung soul, anong meron? Bakit miski ano nang nangyayari, miski ganun na yung treatment sa kanya. Again, we're not tolerating abuse, pero that kind of forbearance, that kind of patience, that kind of tenacity, and yet, that person remains steadfast. Anong meron? And that's what John is saying it. Have it to the full. The fullness of God's blessing, presence, and grace. So people would look at you. People would actually see that distinct mark that God is actually with you when we are overflowing with God's presence. And whenever God's presence is, whenever God's presence is there, of course, there will be life. There will be joy. There will be peace. And there will be blessing. Life abundantly. Life to the full. And again, we're saying that, Lord, remember His word. Rely upon the Lord. We're going to go back to these three things. Give me life. First one, 
Give me life according to His promise. Give me life according to His promise. Psalm 119, verses 153 to 154. Let's go back to that. Psalm 119, verses 153 to 154. Look on my affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget your law. Plead my cause and redeem me. Give me life according to your promise. Look on my affliction. He is the psalmist making a, a request, uttering a prayer. Look on my affliction. It means, God, see my pain. It means, God, look at my suffering right now. Lord, can you go ahead and take a look? See my struggles. See my testing. See my trials. See my suffering. See all the accusations. See everything that I'm going through right now. Lord, can you go ahead and take a look at my situa situation, right? What kind of confidence that this psalmist has actually to say that prayer, to tell God and in a, and in a way, Lord, could you please look at me? And just realizing that, this speaks of God, this speaks of who God is. That God is a God who sees, that God is a God who knows, and God is a God who listens. And that is who God is. Look on my affliction. See my pain. Consider my affliction. And here's the biblical truth also that comes with this. Whenever God sees something by faith, and we can assume by faith, and by the truth of the scripture, whenever God sees something, God will also do something about it. Maybe the timeline is different. Maybe the timetable will not agree with yours. Maybe the method and how he will act upon the situation might be different from what you're expecting. Maybe how he will answer your prayers will be different from what you are expecting for him, for God to answer. But definitely, when God sees something, he will do something about it. It reminded me of the story of Hagar. Hagar, is, she is a character in the Old Testament. Here's Abraham and, and Sarah. And Hagar is part of Abraham's household. He, she is a servant. She is a slave. And that's Hagar. So what's the story God promised Abraham, right? That he will be a father to many nations. And that's a great promise. And of course, to give us a context, the population right now, the world population right now, is incomparable with the population during that time, thousands of years ago. So when God says in that command, Abraham, you will be a father to many nations, you will go to that nation, you will go to that place, and you will be a nation. So it literally means that Abraham has to go to one place, start a family there, or raise his family there, and to multiply to different families. So when they became or they become multitude of families, hence they will become a nation. That was a promise, and it's a great promise, isn't it? Right? From one family, it will become a nation. Wow, what an, an outstanding promise. What a great promise. But there was a problem. Sarah was barren. 
They won't have a child. And they were in, in old age already, if you don't mind. So here's, here's what happened. Sarah provided a solution. Sabi niya, all right, so that's a, that's a promise. We'll be a great nation. And since it's not working out, now here's Hagar. You can have a child literally with Hagar. And it's a different context. Again, population and all. And, and, and of course, there's something that God doesn't approve. But Sarah went ahead and, 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 and offered her slave, Hagar, to Abraham. And Hagar conceived a child and his name was actually Ishmael. But during the process, while Hagar was actually pregnant or conceiving or was conceived of Ishmael, Sarah started to discuss Hagar. In fact, if we're going to go back to chapter 16, Sarah can even mention his, her name. Whenever Sarah would refer to Hagar, she will call her a slave, that woman. She cannot even mention her name. She's so disgusted. So we, we can say and we can assume from what we have read that maybe Hagar was abused. She was in pain. She was isolated. She was abandoned. She was all alone. And maybe that we can conclude right now how we started this message that Hagar maybe was in her deepest, darkest valley, if you will. She was alone. She was rejected. Maybe abused. With all the pain, all the heartache, she was alone. And you know what happened? God sees her. God looked at her. Sarah, all the people can't even address her by her name. God did address her by her name, by calling, calling her Hagar. In Genesis 6, chapter 16, verse 13, so she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, you are a God of seeing, for she said, truly I have seen him who looks after me. And this is significant because this is the first time where God was actually described as the God who sees Jehovah Elroy, the God who sees, the God who looks. In Sarah's deepest, darkest moment, God did not abandon her. God did not forsake her. God looked at her and called her by name, gave all the comfort, restoration that she desperately needs during that time. And I just feel like some, or maybe most of us, were in that situation today. You feel like that you have been forgotten already. You feel like that you have been abandoned already. Maybe the trials or the hardships of life, there is that implication, there is that feeling right now, that sense that you are alone and God is not looking at you at your situation. Maybe some injustices at home, maybe at businesses and all. Maybe some, some transactions that, that you engage with and sometimes, Lord, am I facing this battle alone? Lord, am I facing this situation alone? But I want to be a source of encouragement through God's word. And I believe this is also the same word that God wants to minister to you, that God has never forgotten you. That God sees. God knows. And even when you cry at night, even when you cry alone, I want you to understand that God 
also is listening to that cry of yours every single night. God has never forgotten you. You are never forgotten. God has not abandoned you. He knows, He sees, He listens, and He hears. When God sees something, He will do something about it. And not just that, but going back to um, verse 154, that, that line, that word, plead my cause in 154. Plead my cause. And the word plead is a legal term. We often hear that in courts, right? That's a legal term. It means someone is representing you. It means that God is fighting for you and that is what the psalmist is praying. That is what the psalmist is actually declaring. Plead my cause, God. Fight my fight and redeem me. When everything else and everyone else, they have made their conclusion already about my situation. When there, it's seemingly there's a verdict already. When all the accusations and everything that's been happening right now, maybe people around me already concluded that I'm in a bad shape. I'm in bad shape. I'm in, I'm in a bad situation right now. Maybe I'm in a maybe worse situation right now, and I'm helpless. I'm doomed to suffer. And maybe the world, the culture, maybe the people around us, maybe that's already the conclusion. But guess what? The Lord never quits fighting for you, His people, His children. The Lord fights for you. And now when we say that we can be still because God is fighting our battles, right? It has a different meaning right now. We can say that we can be still and know that He is God. Why? Because He is fighting for you. Every single day, we say that life is an everyday battle. Guess what? The Lord is fighting for you. When we talk about battles, with our own personal struggles, with sin, with discouragements, with pain, with frustrations, with things that we don't even understand when it comes to our emotions and then with our mental health. Guess what? The Lord is fighting for you. The Lord knows, the Lord hears, the Lord sees, and He will not abandon you. He will fight for you until the very end. And not just that, that He... Once he's done fighting for you. And the good news is that God is a warrior and he is a victorious warrior. That he have won. He had won already. And he's fighting for you every single day. And he's redeeming you at the same time. It means when you, of course, surrender everything to the Lord. And now casting all our cares and our anxieties to the to the Lord, it has a different meaning right now, knowing that God is the God who fights for me, who fights for you, fighting our fight and redeeming us. There is that change of situation. You can cheer, right, for any of your favorite team in sports. NBA, any sport, volleyball, basketball, you cheer for someone, tennis, if they if they won, if they will win, or if they have, if they have won, yes, that would be great. We can post it in Facebook. But here's the reality. Here's the truth. That would not change your situation. 
unless you're a stockholder of that certain company or team, right? That's different. Right? I'm not saying don't cheer for any sports team, okay? But my point is, if they will win, if they have won, yes, you can celebrate, but that has no effect in your life. But not with Christ's victory because He has won more than 2,000 years ago. And the ultimate recipient, of course, is for God's glory, but also at the same time, it means it has a huge implication how we live our life. So it means, yes, it seems I'm defeated, it seems I'm surrounded, but at the end of the day, even though I'm surrounded by all the pain, by all the deep, dark experience or anything or everything that I can't even explain, or even the season that somehow, Lord, you're starting to question, Lord, do you really love me? Why am I experiencing this? Lord, even sometimes it feels like you're surrounded by everything. Sabay, sabay, problema sa familia, sa health, sa pera. And it seems like you're surrounded. And now you can say, I can be still, not being passive, but I can be still and know and be steadfast because I know that God is fighting for me and He had won more than 2,000 years ago. And I'm resting in that confidence of the victory of what Christ has won for me. What's the basis of the psalmist's argument? What's the psalmist's confidence? And we can again see that in verse 153. For I do not forget your law. This is more than memorizing a verse. I love that application, right? To memorize verses. I grew up in a Christian home and that's one of my assignments from my Sunday school teachers, from my dad, my, my, dad, my, my late dad who passed away 2014 to memorize verses. I love that application. But here's the truth. And let me drop that truth if you don't mind. We can memorize all the verses, but it doesn't mean that our allegiance belongs to God. We can quote all the verses. We can say all the verses. We can post all the verses. We can, we can recite all the Bible verses that we know from a well-meaning heart. And I don't, I, don't, I, don't put, I, don't, I don't like to invalidate that or put a discount on it. But when the psalmist says, for I do not forget your law, he's saying, he's declaring that his ultimate allegiance, his loyalty belongs to God alone. And that's my prayer for all of us here. That's my prayer for my, I mean, I mean that's my personal prayer. That's my prayer for my family as well, my growing children, our marriage, my wife, that Lord, life would not be easy. There will be challenges in life. Our faith will be questioned or maybe there's a season that I myself will question my faith because of all the pains. There will be a season that will be dark. There will be a season that will be full of doubts. There will be a season, God, that Lord, where am I in my relationship with you? But Lord, my prayer that my loyalty belongs to you. My allegiance belongs to you. Why? For I do not forget your law. Remembering his word give, gives us life 
in times of affliction. Remembering His Word gives us life in times of affliction. This is more than a solution, but this is life. Life abundantly, life to the full. Second one, give you life according to His rules. Verses 155 to 156, salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek your statutes. Great is your mercy, O Lord, give me life according to your rules. We have touched, have talked about this last week, that we say that God is righteous. So it means that is the essence of who God is. If God is righteous, so everything He does is actually righteous. If God is righteous, he is the final authority, what is morally right and wrong. If he is righteous, so he sets the demarcation line between righteous and wicked, between good and bad, between holy and evil. But also, when we talk about God's righteousness, we cannot separate God's faithfulness. That's why his prayer is to give you life according to your rules. Another way of saying it is give me life according to your righteousness. And let me ask one question and Sanapo, well, this question might sound, might sound a cliche, but let me ask it anyways. Who among you here, you know and you believe that God is faithful? I won't judge you if you won't raise your hand. It's okay. But diba? You believe God is faithful. Now, if believe that God is faithful, it has a huge implication. Of course, we can always relate that when we say God is faithful, He will answer my prayers, correct? But again, not from your own expectations. Of course, according to God's rules and laws, and all things work together for good for those He has called and, and those He has loved. And again, according to His purpose, that's a key word there or the key phrase there. If you're saying God is faithful, it means that He will not change, correct? But also, according to this context, when we say God is faithful, it has a huge implication. What's that? If God is faithful, it means that He will do whatever seems right according to His righteousness. Not based on your comfortability, not based on your comfort zone, not based on what it seems right to us, but He will demonstrate, He will let you experience His faithfulness according to what is right according to what is righteous, according to what is holy, according to what is honorable to His name. So now when we say that God is faithful, He will do what seems right, not to you but to Him, to His standard, to His authority, and He will do it according to His righteousness. So when He answers prayers, it will have a different standard. It will be in a different lens because it's no longer about our standards. It's no longer about our lens. But it's about the glory of God and His righteousness. So sometimes that would explain it. Some of us here will be in a season of disciplining. And the Word of God in Hebrew says that the Lord disciplines those He loves. Maybe God is disciplining us, you, in area of marriage, finances, relationships, when it comes to our us handling our finances, when it comes into different relationships, when it comes to our parenting, when it comes to seasons of life, and God is like, hindi naman siya like, si Lord na parang, okay, 
dahil ito yung ginawa mo, ito yung, ito yung, ito yung paru- God doesn't work like that. Ito yung ginawa, ito yung parusa mo. No. Discipline is unpleasant. Discipline is painful. But the Lord disciplines those He loves. And that's one way of God giving us life according to His rules. According to His righteousness. It won't make sense right now. It will not. If you're training for something, if you're into sports or in in any kind of discipline, if you're training for something, everything you're doing right now, it won't make sense. But when it comes to the big day, playing that game or maybe that race, now it's all making sense. It was not pleasant. I was taken out of my comfort zone. It was painful, but now it's all making sense. That kind of disciplining is all making sense. And that's why when God promises that, Lord, give you life according to your rules, it means, Lord, you will do whatever you want and I will put my trust in you because you will do what is right in your eyes. I love the New English translation in verse, that verse 156. Your compassion is great, O Lord. Revive me as you typically do. As you typically do. Wow! It means that God will always exude with faithfulness. That God will always demonstrate His faithfulness. I do play basketball. Hindi po professional. Hindi po yung height ko. Biro lang po. Pero I love playing basketball. We have a regular team sa Manila, sa Pasig. We call ourselves standers. But I stopped playing for a while. Um, layo kasi. <laughs> but anyways, during transition offense and all, meron ako laging pinapasahan. And I know, pag pinasok ko yung bola na yun, dun sa spot na yun, dun sa lugar na yun, he will do it. He will shoot it. He will make the shot. Why? As he typically do. I could pass the ball, turn around, and I'm sure that he will be able to do it. Same is true when it comes to the faithfulness of God. He will not change. And the basis is not because of your goodness. God is good not because you're great. God is good not because we are good. But God is good because that's who He is. And He will do good things. And He will do great things. And the basis is your compassion is great. It means that's coming from the abundance of His love, mercy, and compassion. That's why He, he can give us life that He will revive, that He will change as He typically do. So it means that remembering His Word gives us assurance in life. Remembering His Word gives us assurance in life. No matter what season, no matter what, how you want to picture it out, whether you're walking in your valley or your mountaintop, it means that as we remember God's Word, it will give us life. And part of that is assurance that He will be faithful. And lastly, as we end, give you life according to His steadfast love. And, and we'll end in a bit. Give you life according to His steadfast love. In 159 to 160, consider how I love your precepts. 
Give me life according to your steadfast love. The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. You can't forget everything I said a while ago. You can take it literally or maybe by accident. Kalimutan mo lang. But if there's one thing that I don't want you to forget, is this. Wag pong kalimutan. Mahal ka ni Lord. And that was his basis. That was, if you will, that was his argument. That was his confidence. When we speak, when we think of that word confidence, especially in our world, di ba? Pag-Kristiyano, di ba? Pag-confidence, parang wag ka maging confident. <laughs> the Bible has nothing against about being confident. But that's the psalmist's confidence. Consider how I love your precepts. Give me life according to your steadfast love. The psalmist was actually confident with his relationship with God. And what was the basis of his relationship with God? God's steadfast love. Again, there's one thing, hopefully, that we can actually remember as we end this preaching. Mahal ka ni Lord. And that's coming from a covenant. God's covenant love. Covenant, it will work, should work both ways. The one who gave the covenant, the one who receives the covenant. But good news is, our part, we will not be able to fulfill it. But God, who made the covenant for sure, as He typically do, He will be able to fulfill it. That His steadfast love would be there for you. And righteous rules endures forever. So it means that this must be true. And that's my prayer for us. That we will transition from saying this must be true. This is too good to be true. And basing it from God's steadfast love, from His covenant and all. My prayer for us is that we will transition from this must be true. So so this is true. And that's my prayer for us. That we will journey to that place. That we can say and we can conclude, Lord, galing ako dun eh. this must be true. But no, Lord, I know that this is true. My prayer that that will be your confidence. Remembering His word gives us life by giving us something true and eternal. Remembering His word Give us life by giving us something true and eternal. This has been the Victory Santa Rosa podcast. To see more church updates, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Victory Santa Rosa.